Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Wrestling Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. So this guy goes to his rabbi. Rabbi, you'll never believe what happened. My son came and told me he became a Christian. It's like, oh. And the rabbi goes, you'll never believe what happened to me. My son came home and told me he became a Christian. They're like, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to go to God. We're going to pray. So they pray. They're praying, and God speaks to them. He goes, guys, you'll never believe what happened. My son came. <laughs> Come on. That was good. Come on. You know, it's been a while since I've heard a good, new, fresh joke. And so I wanted to share that with you guys. <laughs> wow. That's being real. You know, it, it, it's interesting that we've. We hear jokes, we hear things that are shared on the social media and all those things, but very rarely do, is something fresh that like perks your interest. I don't know about you guys, but when something new and fresh, I get excited. Uh, but in any case, it's, I feel like it's been a while since I've heard a good joke, but at the same time, I feel like it's been a while since I've heard about discipleship in the church. Is that just my imagination? No? Okay. Maybe some different groups. Depending on maybe the church or the tradition you came from or your background, where you are serving. But I've noticed in the last 10 years, this maybe there's, there's a movement of traditions that are shifting. There is this message of grace is talked about much more so with freedom, which is great. But with the addition of that freedom and the offering of the freedom, it's almost as if the church is walking away from the discipline of the former. The disciplines of the traditions. You guys with me? Mm -hmm. That's just my observation or my opinion. You can dispute. It's okay. Uh, and it's pure speculation. I have no data for that. It's just based on what I've seen from the churches that I've served in the past 10 years, it's been very different from the 10 years prior to that. I download and listen to a lot of sermons all throughout the week continuously, and not just for research or ideas, it's about my own edification. And there's hundreds of the sermons that I'm listening and downloading, I don't hear too much about discipleship. It's almost as if it's a social order. The, the messages are practical, but it's not about the discipline of discipleship that I grew up listening to. And I'm not judging anyone or the churches as if I'm telling them how they ought to. I'm just making an observation that I am seeing less or in hearing less about the subject of discipleship. And earlier part of this year, and I've shared it with, I think, during our fellowship, this idea of discipleship has been ringing in my head. A couple of guys have asked me uh, and asked me to consider discipling them, and it was an honor. But it was also, I was thinking about our Bible study that we've been doing, which was great. But then 
also alternating with the idea of discipleship. Because discipleship is different than just mere Bible study, if you guys understand. It's holding each other accountable. It's pushing, spurring, challenging one another. It's laying of hands and praying. It's about the spiritual act. It's the coming back to the discipline of being a disciple. It's the coming back to the discipline of raising up to be spiritual, mature disciple of Jesus Christ. And I just, again, this may be our narrow view of our tradition, like maybe your background, uh, maybe the ministries that you are a part of, you are talking about discipleship. But for most part of our culture, I feel like it's less than before. So this morning, I want us to come back. I want us to be refreshed and talk about discipleship. But the discipleship is really the act and the process of the Discipline to make you disciples. You gotta first know what being a disciple is to know of what discipleship entails. And our church, as Caleb said, we exist for the lost found, found free, for peace to reign in our city because Jesus is the Lord of all. And we want the full promises. We want the full will and God's desire for us as his church. And that requires some historic, traditional disciplines that we grew up. And fundamentally, God's word. So again, we are a prophetic community who loves God's word. That's this campus. You guys are highly prophetic, gifted, anointed of the Holy Spirit. We talk about the empowerment, but we love God's word. And God's word is the foundation and the, the, the core that leads us in our relationship with the Lord and calling of what his desire is for us as his disciples. So we're going to look at what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ this morning, because Jesus did not give his great commission for us to make converts or believers. He called the disciples to make disciples of all nations. That was the one imperative command. People confuse it's the go. No, it's making of disciples. That's the commandment in Matthew 28. So we're going to start with the definition of a disciple. What is a disciple? Lord of word. All right. Uh, simply, a disciple is a student, is a learner, uh, a pupil. And the earliest occurrence of the word disciple in the New Testament is talking about the 12 disciples who follow Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that historically, especially the first century uh, Jewish community, the master-disciple relationship was very common. Meaning, if you want to go into a particular trade or in, go into a profession, profession of your choice, you would seek out a rabbi, a teacher, a master of that craft to disciple you. That was the process. And so, I mean, rabbinic traditions, this was... Very common, and the word rabbi, we think it means teacher, but it literally means my great one. That's literal translations of my great one. The other translations, the other word that it's used as is a teacher, but literally it's my great one. Master. And examples, you, you can see that Elisha was the disciple of Elijah. 
a prophet had disciples, and the pursuit was to model after the master, the great one. You seek to be like the one that you follow. That's what a true disciple was. So, what then is the disciple of Jesus Christ? One, I, we're going to talk about five things, but one, they're followers. Very simply. You guys already know this, right? It's, or you should know this. I am covering basic tenets of our faith. But if you don't, we should consider talking about discipleship, right? So as I bring these things to you, and if it's new, then let's talk about it further. Grab me afterwards. Because I want to see you know the foundation of God's word that we said we follow, right? Okay, so disciples are followers. Matthew 4.19 says, And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Luke 9.23, And he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Disciples are followers. Those who come after Jesus in mind, body, and soul. Those who come after Jesus in the spirit, in the mind, in the decisions, and physically. It is those who pursue Jesus and everything about Jesus, his words, and everything that he calls us into. He calls us to follow. And it's not following like, like, follow, right? <laughs> this culture has made following so shallow. Back in the day, following literally means, gosh, I just went off tangent here, but there was a movie when I was a kid. He says, walk this way. And the guys behind him are walking like this. That's literally what following is. It's not going the, the direction, but you're following exactly the steps and how to do it. It, it was a comedy, but you get my point. That's the following. What was that movie? Now I have an Aerosmith song in my head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Robin Hood Menetites. Oh, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, That's Robin one of them. There was, that was one of them. Yeah, you're right. All right, so coming back. Followers follow Jesus in physically, spiritually, mentally, everything. It is everything that the Lord shows Jesus, Jesus says, I do. It is a relationship that Jesus, the Son, had with the Father. You guys with me? And Jesus is like, I don't only say what my Father says, or I only do as what my Father shows. Um, John 5, 19, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing on his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. There's a lot of models of this where Jesus says, it's not my own accord, it's not my will. What the Father shows, what the God, Father says, I say. I follow the Father, His model. And that same model, even Paul says, imitate me because I imitate Christ. Right? The imitation of the disciple is to follow after the great one in Jesus Christ. He is that model because he models after the Father. And sometimes he calls us to follow him in a way that is so hard. You guys know what I'm talking about? He calls you to do things that he has demonstrated. He has shown the precedence and says, follow me. 
do likewise. And it's like, oh, no, <laughs> that's just too hard. No, really. Mm -hmm. One example, um, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. Uh, John 13, 13, you call me teacher and Lord, you are right, so I am. By then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Consider that. And without expounding on this teaching, you guys know about washing of the feet. It was for the lowly servants, the slaves, to wash the dirty feet of the travelers, the masters, and their guests. And the maybe the Asians will know the feet are the dirtiest, the ugliest. You don't even step over people. It's, that's to say, symbolically, I'm stepping over you. I have authority over you. You are lower than my foot, yeah. the dirty part. That is a symbolic thing of the Eastern way, their philosophy. So to wash someone else's feet is to say you are lowering under them. You're the lowest of the world. And then here's Jesus, God himself, the king of kings. He comes and he lowers himself. And even Peter's like, no, you, you can't wash. He demonstrated that and he called to them to follow, to wash one another's feet. I was in a mission trip and God challenged us. We were having um, some team strife, some difficulty. Some of our expectations were not being met. Some of the way the ministry we expected to go, it wasn't happening the way we, and so it was disgruntled. It was, I felt like Moses um, receiving the complaints of all people. And I was going to the Lord, and I said, what is going on? And the Lord says, there's pride in your team, and you are leading them. So I you know, giving you the conclusion here, what's the solution? And he gave me a vision of washing their feet. If this was in Thailand, the very culture I told you, like the lowest thing is you kick somebody with your foot, the lowest thing you could do in Thai culture. Koreans, very similar, your feet is the lowest and dirtiest. You don't touch another person's foot. God showed me the vision to wash their feet. Mm -hmm. I was like, no. I wrestled with God all night. Lord, no. I wept just even thinking about it. And following day before, during our time, the Holy Spirit's conviction was so strong, I just took out a basin and started washing their feet. And this wasn't like, I, I have never seen feet washing in like church services before. I literally took soap and water. I'm scrubbing their feet because I didn't know the ceremony of it. It's, it's just, I was washing their feet. And I'm weeping and bawling while I'm washing their feet. What God calls us to follow in may not be easy. But when we obey, it transforms us and our environment and our culture. Amen. He just expects us to obey. He expects us to just follow. We don't have to be the brilliant guys who can invent better ways of being a Christian. He just says to follow. You don't have to invent new ways. Follow me. So, maybe you guys can relate. Has God ever called you to follow, to do something hard? What did you do? Did you obey? Did you follow? 
Or did you wrestle with him? Because disciples are followers. Simple thing. But disciples follow Christ. Deny themselves. Pick up the cross to follow after Christ. So disciples of Jesus Christ are one, followers, and two, they're learners. They're learners. Luke 6.40 says, A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. The model is the great one, the rabbi, the teacher, the one that you follow. To become like, you have to learn. It is not for you to believe and say, I am content where I am. It is not to remain where you are. You are your pursuit is to follow, is to be a learner, is to grow, to be discipled. And you know, the beauty of today is that, you know, we may not have had the privilege like the 12 who walked with Jesus, but we have God's word. Do you guys know that is the greatest privilege of all history of pe the people of faith, Old Testament, New Testament, they've never had copies until the printing press in the 16, you know, 15 whatever. You guys understand? You have copies of the Bible, both the Old and the New. The inerrant Word of God, inspired Word of God, from the creation to the revelations, like, we have God's word. People have died to preserve these words. During the great persecutions of the first and second century, Christians were underground. And if they had any copies of the letters of Paul or the epistles that were being circulated, they could be killed. And they were willing to be martyred to preserve, to protect these copies so that they can't continue to circulate. People have given their lives for the cop. Just one letter. And I don't know if you've heard stories of like um, the, the Chinese underground church back in the 90s. If you have never read uh, the book, The Heavenly Man, highly recommended. But really, that was like the book of Acts in China in the past, you know, 100 years. Crazy stories. Supernatural events. Miracles after miracles. But there are stories where these Christians, and they're like in the millions, underground churches, they're meeting in secret, in basements of some places, and they don't have Bibles. So they literally travel hours just to hear somebody read the scripture. It's not even about sermons. It's reading of the scriptures. Because as they hear God's word, their lives are transformed. And they cry out, and like missionaries go, and it's like, what's the prayer needs and the request? And, and they're crying out, please send us a Bible. Please send us a Bible. Because a few people who do have copies, what they do is they literally take, alternate that one Bible, and they will hand copy so that they could keep a copy themselves. Or they would memorize the scriptures. And they would ask if we could just have a Bible. And, and so the missionaries and would raise fundraising in the United States, and you guys would hear about like underground churches, they need Bibles, we support, and so they raised money, they got a bunch of copies, they brought it to them. And if you've ever seen video clips of such, some of these Christians, they are, are given the copy, 
and they hold it. Like it's a baby. They're weeping and crying. They say, I've been waiting for this. You guys understand? They who have been waiting for God's word to be able to read it themselves in person, that's the answer to their prayer. The problem with the Western church or American church is not that we don't have Bibles, it's that it's collecting dust. I think, I, I've heard somewhere, and don't quote me on the data, but I heard like the average American Christian home will have two copies of the Bible per person in the house. Our house probably exceeds that. <laughs> <laughs> but when was the last time we had read it? I hope you say it's this morning or yesterday. That we consider it a privilege to be able to read God's word, the inspired word of God. The Logos, the very beginning, the instrument of creation, Jesus Christ himself, who's, who had the power in his word. He said, let there be, and the beginning happened. That very word written down on the text that has been given to us as a gift. Are we reading it? Are we learning it? Disciples are, one, they are followers, two, they are learners, and three, those who abide in God's words. Those who abide in God's words. John 8, 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. If you abide in my words, you are truly my disciples. So what does it mean to abide in his words? The word uh, abide in the Greek, point of Greek, is menem. The literal translation is to continue to exist. It's continually being. It's, I know the NIV translates, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. But it's the idea of oneness and your existing presence is that God's word is in you and you're existing by the sustenance of God's word. You guys are understanding? It is your life giving. God's word is life giving. It is your existence, sustenance for life. I know that sometimes the church focuses on behavior modification. You, know, you have sit, stop it. You have a bad habit, stop it. You know, and, and I understand. And so now we're pendulum swinging the other way and talking about freedom and grace and talking about the positives. I get it. If God's word is in you, is continuing. Abiding in you, the church doesn't need to tell you how to behave. You guys understand? Amen. If God's word is your sustenance for your existing, your continuation of life in you, nobody has to tell you how to live because you will live by his word. And you, if you abide in his word, you will be his disciples. So disciples are followers, learners, those who abide in God's word. 
and lovers, my favorite lovers. Um, John 13, 35, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I grew up in the Commonwealth of Virginia. One of those state slogans, you guys know this? Virginia is for lovers. Which is the biggest joke, because if you live there, you know it's not. <laughs> no, really. They have more state troopers per capita than any other state. They have written me more tickets than it. I care to share. I shared that, I think, last week. Um, and if you're driving, and this is just on the road, guys, far left lane, they could be driving 55 miles per hour, you could be flashing, honking, they will not move over. There is no love in that state. Just saying. And I'm joking. There are some nice, wonderful people there. But in certain parts of the state and city, it's very self-centered. Not very loving. Did you know that self-centeredness is very contrary to love? Because love is selfless. Um, great definition, Paul writes it in 1 Corinthians 13, 4. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, not rude, not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Just know that if you are a true disciple of Jesus Christ, you love one another. Which is interesting because it's within the church where love, where actually maybe hatred or criticisms, bitterness happens more often. And not you guys. This doesn't happen here. This is a great church. It's very easy to love you guys. But whoo! I've been in places that not so easy. No, I'm not joking. No, there were some places. <laughs> it was pretty tough. Um, maybe you guys, I don't need to elaborate. The church has been places of hurts and pains mm -hmm. for some of you guys. If we were truly disciples and we love one another, and love, you know, covers multitude of sins. Forgiveness, reconciliation, that should be the norm in the church. Yet, it's not. So the basic fundamental words of Jesus, the church is struggling to obey. So continue on, disciples are, and here's the top five. I hope you have a list. Followers, they're learners, those who abide in God's word, lovers, and disciple makers. Disciple makers. Did you know that you were called to be a disciple maker, guys? Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples, imperative, commandment of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. 2 Timothy 2, 2, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Disciples make disciples. Let me say that again. Disciples make disciples. You are called to make disciples. At what point did the church become 
consumers. At what point do we become so engulfed in shopping for the programs that we like to, to make us feel good as opposed to joining a church in the mission of Jesus Christ? You guys understand that's what a church is? You're joining in. You come to worship. We come to give unto the Lord and to give ourselves unto one another. That is the call of the church. At what point did the church become consumers? What I like. Worship didn't work for me. Pastor, the sermon was okay. We come with this a la carte idea. Oh, let's talk about this coffee was good. It's, we become consumers. It is not enough for us to receive the gifts and say, I am content. I feel good. The pastor made me feel good. My job is not to make you feel good. My call is to make you disciples. Amen. Amen. Yes. And that's to take you out of your comfort zone. Jesus did not call his disciples to make converts or believers. The disciples in seeing Jesus crucified, Peter, for an example, the tradition says, when he was being martyred and they were going to crucify him, he says, I am so unworthy to die like my Lord. And so they crucified him upside down. Consider that. He considered the worthy honor to be martyred for the name of Jesus Christ. So much so that when they were going to crucify him, he's like, no, I'm not even worthy of the same way. In the American church, we have become consumers of how we feel. Our disciples are called to make disciples. You cannot make disciples if you don't know how to be a disciple yourself. We talked about the empowering of the empowered a couple of weeks back. And I shared that the, those who have received the Holy Spirit, you are empowered with the power of God. And some of you guys know this and are walking in it. Some of you guys don't even know the gifts that are on you. Because you haven't positioned yourself to do any ministry or serving to even recognize the gifts that is on you. You may have the gift of pro prophecy, prophetic gifts, yet you don't know how to exercise. This is why we have the activations and some of the things that we teach here. But, and God has spoken to me, and I shared this before. I, when he called me to do something different, I was like, oh Lord, but this is all I know. And he goes, you don't even know the gifts that I've given you. And I didn't start learning about our gift, my gifts until I was positioned in places to do things I've never tried and realized I can do this. You guys are empowered. But what good is that if you say, that makes me feel good and I will be content where I am. If those around you are not benefiting from you, or those around you are not being blessed by you, what good is the gospel shared and you have the conversions and you have the salvation and you have security in heaven? Great! But what does that mean for those around you if you're not sharing it? You guys with me on this? Yeah. Yeah. We are not called to receive this grace and gift of God and say, great, I received a great gift. And stop. Disciples make disciples. We teach what we know. We proclaim what we know. We make it known what we know. 
You cannot teach what you know if you don't know. So disciples, you have to be learners. Abide in God's word. Lovers and act it out. And live it out. I'm tired. That took all of me. Uh, I was close. Uh, just wrap this up. I was thinking about how do we go from believers, consumers, Sunday worship visitors to becoming disciples. Because that's where the culture is right now. That has become normalized, and that's not biblical. We cannot live. There's so many like social media people are like, you have your faith, keep it to yourself. They're trying to shut us up. Mm-hmm. It's hard enough to evangelize in our own accord, but there are people who are criticizing those who are that. You don't know what you don't know. They have never tasted the goodness of God, the gospel preached or shared. They don't know this Holy Spirit in their life. They don't know what they don't know. You can't listen to the ignorant. You have to listen to those who are walking in the power. And guess what? You are walking in that power. Act it out. Live it out. Abide in his word. Let that word transform you from inside out that you continue in your existence as his being. As sons, heirs, and co-heirs with Christ. You don't know who you are. But I'm telling you, you are sons and daughters of the living God with a power in you that is greater than yourself because it is God's holy power. Amen. And disciples, church, make disciples. That's your call. We have no choice. We are called to make disciples. I'm going to welcome the prayer team to come forward. I'm going to pray. And I shared last week, prayer team, you know, we're blessed with our prayer team. They're so anointed. It is truly a privilege to be able to serve with them. We have seen healings here. We have seen conversions here. We have seen... People just like, can't explain it, but they just feel different once they're prayed for. Coming to receive prayer, yeah, you can receive prayer where you're sitting, but it is the act of faith and obedience to what the Holy Spirit might be uh, prompting you to stepping out of the chair to receiving. That's the humility. That's the obedience. Did you know that you can't follow Jesus sitting in their chair? It's a joke. <laughs> yeah, I don't have too many good jokes, so I need more jokes. You can switch to the chair. Yeah, we're laughing. <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> no. So it's laughing with you. Oh, God is so good. You guys are welcome to receive prayer. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, come forward. Receive. They can help you come into agreement, lead you, give you the words. If you have pains, physically, spiritually, emotionally, or whatever, come receive. They can minister to you.
join me in prayer. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word and your kindness. Indeed, your grace is sufficient for us. You have given us your inerrant, inspired word of God to lead us, to guide us. And sometimes we have just taken that for granted and only heard you occasionally when we visited the churches as opposed to allowing your word to abide in us, transforming us from the inside out, empowering us to move forward as your disciples. Forgive us, Lord, we pray that we have that some of us have been complacent believers. Myself included. You call us to bear fruit. You call us to be disciple makers. You did not call us to go through the movements of the traditions of the routine and say the same prayers over and over. You call us to have a relationship with you, to follow you, to hear you, to walk in intimacy with you, to walk in your power, to walk in your faith. And Lord, we have made church this complacent thing that we have just visited for our own good feel. Forgive us, Lord. May we repent of our ways. May we come back to your call as disciples and disciple makers. Teach us how to be disciples, Lord. Call us, spur us, challenge us, because we cannot grow without the iron sharpening iron, without the, the friction, without the, uh, the challenges, the words that make us uncomfortable to talk about the things that we don't want to talk about, to pray about the things that we don't want to pray about to ask for prayers that we're too ashamed to ask about. May we repent of our ways, Lord, and turn back to you to seek you with all our hearts. For you do not seek a lukewarm Christian, but those who are on fire for you, Lord. So we say yes and amen to your call. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Blessing Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.